All right, welcome back for the week 11 Square Scare and Prayer segment to give you a quick refresher. Our squ square players, some manners have their doubts. You must start them. Our scare players, consider your options because you might want to bench them this week. And our prayer players, it's guy on your bench ranked outside the start line for their position this week. You should consider starting. Or maybe a flyer you could pick up off the waiver wire. That start line for these players, squares must finish inside top 36 wide receivers, 24 running backs, top 12 tight ends and quarterbacks. The scares are outside of those marks. And the prayers are inside of those marks. I'm joined by my colleague, Timmy, at Nubs on Twitter here. Good friend, Tim. Ready to roll in with your first square. Yeah, my first square this week is actually going to be Dalton Schultz. He, he's going up against Minnesota, which I believe is a really good matchup. They're 25th overall in points allowed to the tight end position, which is 11 per week. He's had a lot of success since coming back with Dak. Five targets, five receptions, 49 yards, seven targets, six receptions, 74 yards, Eight targets, six receptions, 54 yards in his first touchdown of the season. I do expect to see that more often. I think the targets are going to stay high. And um, then he'll be able to collect more touchdowns. I think also that this week with the, the tight end position, there's a lot of doubts. There's a lot of new tight ends taking over new positions, some uh, weather scares, as well as some matchup scares. So I think that this is going to be a really good uh, pick to stay with inside the top 12. I'll even go inside the top six. Yeah, uh, honestly, Dalton Schultz, if you weather the storm or you, you were able to pick him up recently, this is a guy where rest of the season, I think he's right back in there. You could argue as high as tight end three rest of the season. Um, you know, I, for me, easily top six tight end rest of season. Um, you know, this is a guy who should be in your lineup every time moving forward with Dak Prescott. Th this offense has been scoring, has been putting up points. And because we're focused on this week uh, exclusively, you know, Minnesota, they might be eight and one, but they have allowed points every single week it seems like you know they started week one you know they kept green bay and aaron Rodgers to under 10 but since then every single week almost it, it seems like they've been allowing um a pretty high score line 20 30 points um so you know this is a game where it could it could be another very high scoring one uh minnesota's you know they've been allowing a lot of points to tight ends wide receivers basically you know these games have included a lot of yards regardless of the score and touchdown upside for those reasons is there. So, you know, Dalton Schultz is a smash play this week. He, he shouldn't be outside of your lineup. Also, because of the, the games that they've been playing have been so close, neither team's really um, conceding. So there's always going to be a lot of crunch time, witching hour moments in which more points can be scored for both teams. And I think that allows, because, you know, you're, you're all, all stops, you pull all stops and you just, the teams are trying to win. So they're going to do anything they can to get downfield if they need to score points. And so that creates more opportunities for targets and more opportunities for yards and even potentially touchdowns, depending on the score. Yeah. And, you know, maybe there's, maybe there's something to this. If Zeke doesn't play, I mean, he's the best, he's the best pass blocker on that team. Um, so I'll be curious to see how that affects how they use, you know, the how they play the rest of the game. You know, if he's not out there, if they're getting the ball out kind of quick, um, or how, how they operate. He threw the ball 46 times last week, you know, and, and Dalton Schultz, you know, he saw his, he saw eight of those, you know, his fair share when they need to get the ball out quick, he returned right back to Dak's uh, safety blanket type player. So I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Dalton Schultz moving forward. As well, how Minnesota decides to dictate coverage against CD after CD's big game could open up even more opportunities. Okay, so square for me this week, we're going to go David Montgomery. Now, this is a guy we have actually had in our scare column quite a bit this year. Um, but the biggest thorn to his side was Khalil Herbert. He was keeping Montgomery under 75% of his snaps and 
Khalil Herbert was forwarding with double digit targets every double digit carries every single week, you know. But Dave Montgomery, despite being you could argue an average player, you know, a replacement level running back, maybe a little better. He's a good pass blocker, which helps to keep him out there. Um, but he's managed to be a league winner in both of the last two seasons, despite us think all kind of agreeing he's not the most talented player. Um, so he's he's finished as a top five running back after week twelve in both of the last two years. Uh, and the main, you know, the main thing going into that matchup within his division. Uh, they score a lot of points in those divisional games. They historically haven't been the best run defenses, and it's been because he's out there getting every single carry. He averaged, oh, you know, 75% or more of the team snaps in all of those games in the last two years. With Khalil Herbert out, I see no reason that he doesn't sit 75-plus percent going forward for the rest of the season. It's all about opportunity for Dave Montgomery, um, you know. So if if not for a bye week to throw in to kind of affect totals, I, I really don't see a reason that he couldn't end up being a top five back type player again this year. You know, as gross as it is to say, he's always produced as a running back to four with upside every time he gets 15 plus carries and a couple targets every single week. You know, parlay that with Chicago currently being a team scoring at a league high rate over the last month. Uh, and this week, a matchup against Atlanta that turned Deonta Foreman into a household name after his two matchups against them. Uh, it's worth noting this game is also a 50-point total, which is very high mark. So Dave Montgomery's wheels up. He's in your lineups this week, and I honestly think this is a good opportunity to go out and acquire a Manners might see the last two weeks only scoring you know four points, both of them. And um, if they're not as tuned in and they're not, you know, all if they don't love Khalil Herbert, kind of like we do here and always talking about Khalil Herbert, they might just look at those points. They might not have really noticed, you know, Khalil Herbert going out for the season or feel like that impact is as noticed as I believe it will be. Yeah, I'm not sure why the Bears would ever even consider putting Herbert on kick returns, but that's a whole different story. 75% snap share should be the minimum for David Montgomery, as well as how Atlanta's really not a great pass defense. They may decide that they want to force fields to kind of throw even though they're not good at it that should allow the bears to move up and down the field which should create goal and opportunities for montgomery we know he works decently well in short yardage situations especially around the goal line we just think that khalil's better at it so i'm with you i think he could be potentially a league winner for the rest of the season and uh, probably hover on top 12 for many weeks i know that he has some difficult matchups coming up i know that there's buffalo on the schedule as well as um Philadelphia, and then he ends with uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, actually, that's week 18. We don't have to worry about it. He has Detroit in the finals. So that should be pretty good going into the final weeks. Um, we'll just have to see how he plays against the, the, the Bills. But I think that this week is a smash start. I agree with you. I think he'll be top 12. Yeah. I mean, two, two boring players that I think um, are probably the easiest, but also this is your last opportunity to acquire as – safe floor but ceiling type options would be uh david montgomery and amari cooper those are the two names for running back and wide receiver that i think this is your last shot and they will be they will be difference makers kind of set and forget because again of that floor ceiling combo for the rest of the season so we are going to move forward real quick we're going to hit our little accountability segment like we do before we get to our scares every single week. We were four and two last week, which brings us to 44 and 14 on the season at 76%. Uh, both of us are right at those marks. We hit on Justin Fields as a top five quarterback. We moved that line. You know, I said I had him as my three coming into the week. Turns out that wasn't even high enough. Uh, we hit on Fry Youth, who was outside top 12. Last week was pitiful for tight ends. It was disgusting. Another reason 
you know, to keep Dalton Schultz in that lineup. No reason he shouldn't be in almost any circumstance. Donovan People Jones came through. We're still waiting on that touchdown. Uh, it's important to note here that Cleveland is, I think they're last NFL by a lot in their touchdown split percentage to the receive to the receiving game. So they've scored almost all of their touchdowns through the ground. Uh, and you know, that's that's a rate. I don't have the number off the spot of my head. I think it's in the 30s. Uh, that's due to regress. You know, the worst, the lowest rate number for that with teams is closer to 40, 50%. So I'm hoping with Deshaun Watson coming in, there's more touchdowns through the air for Cleveland moving forward. Some, some of that too, though, even with Donovan Peoples, Donovan Peoples Jones, is that the ball placement with, with Percet's throws sometimes were not where they needed to be, where he might have beaten coverage. And if the ball's placed properly, he's running down the sideline by himself. Or if he's inside of a safety or outside the cornerback, things like that. Just that Brissett hasn't been surgically accurate on, and I think that's affecting touchdowns for Donovan Peoples Jones so far. So I'm with you on on the Watson. They'll probably open up the playbook more in the red zone as well, which will give you more opportunities to throw the football. Yeah, and then we had Trevor Lawrence hit. We we ran him back two weeks in a row. He was quarterback eight on the week. So we do love to see when those streamers at quarterback hit. We did miss on Darnell Mooney and Gabriel Davis. Mooney, I think it was it was there. Just didn't connect on a couple plays. He's always he's he, he, the rest of the season. He's going to be that wide receiver three four type um, where you know I'd fit him into lineups if you can. He, he you know he's going to have some games right outside the mark. He wasn't crazy off thirty six. I think he was in the forties. So he he didn't kill you, but he again he didn't meet our criteria for this show. And Gabriel Davis was a big whiff, but it was a lot of a lot of it. Uh, that call was contingent on Josh Allen not playing. That was a lot of what we were saying uh, for Gabriel Davis. And once Allen was in there, you know you know things happen. But we, we as we just mentioned, Minnesota is a good matchup for these wide receivers or receivers in general lately. So apologies on anyone if you missed out on Gabe Davis last week, but another four and two week we will take it. So with that being said, we're going to move forward to our scare section. So Tim, hit, hit him with who you are scared of this week. Yeah, it's it's a difficult week to to uh, really sit many players because of the buys. But the one that I'm looking at trend wise is actually going to be Amari Cooper. Now, I, I am a pretty big stand this year on, on Amari Cooper. I think he's so undervalued. But this week, I'm just uh, going to present some information as to why I think he could miss this week. First thing I want to bring up is that the last three games, he's averaging less than five targets a game, where um, Brissett's averaging just over 20 tar- uh, attempts per game. Five targets is still pretty decent in terms of a target share, but it does limit your upside if you're not catching every pass that you get. He does have five touchdowns on the season, so he has been producing. And every game after he doesn't have a touchdown, he scores, which the, um, this would be a week on for touchdowns. But once again, that's kind of arbitrary and not something I really want to pay too much attention to. Um, in the away games this year, I understand he's in a dome this week. He's averaging just 5.8 points per game, his best being 10.8 versus Baltimore. So I'm not really leaning towards um, expecting a large um, output from him this week. He is in a dome, so it does kind of play against his his historical data that he is good in domes. But just based on the information that I'm I'm gonna I'll run with this week, I just I don't think that Cooper is someone I'm gonna bank on. I might look at other options on my team, but most likely because of the buys, you are going to be leaning into him. Um, I would just lower expectations because it may impact the way you um, set the rest of your lineup up 
where you may go higher upside with other players because of the matchup, or you may go something a little bit safer as long as you get points. Yeah, uh, we did get last minute news here. If you are listening that the game will be in Detroit, which is what Timmy's talking about, as opposed to being in Buffalo, if you were confused, like how are they in a dome? I thought this was going to be a super snow game. Uh, it appears that it will not be being played in Buffalo. Uh, and yeah, the, the away splits have not been kind to Amari Cooper. So, you know, this is it's just another away game. Uh, the targets have been down. Uh, as we said before, the team is lowest in their touchdown are going to their receiving options. So I, I am okay with with playing Amari Cooper. With a lot of the, the bye weeks, you'd have to have good options, you know, for me to be going against it. Um, so that being said, you know, it would have to be it would have to be really for an upside play, depending on the situation. You know, like if you have Christian Watts going tonight, you might be a little late coming to this recording or a Kadarius Tony type player. Um, you know, that that is something I would consider. It's not an easy decision. But those those are just some names when Timmy's talking about upside that I would like to throw out there. Yeah, and it's it's difficult because you want to play your studs. You want to have faith in them. So this is, like I said, it's more just consider what you have at other options or even how to set the rest of your lineup up. Yeah, I, I see Amari Cooper kind of as a fringe wide receiver two option this week. So, but and, and that is, you know, that's probably 10 spots down to where we normally have him, just to give a little context. So I am going to give my scare player for this week. It is a guy I'm tired of talking about. I would do it once again. I'm going to go with DJ Moore. I would have gone Aaron Jones tonight, but again, with this being Thursday night, you guys might not have been able to get to this before uh, that game happened. Uh, so with DJ Moore, you know, I know you can just look at his last two weeks and just be like, wow, would this guy hit my lineup? Um, you know, but I, I just want to go at a, a bigger, I look, look at it from a bigger scale and how I want to handle DJ Moore rest of the season. Uh, so first, you know, he has a 50% hit rate with, with PJ Walker as his QB, which, you know, has value to it, but his best finish with Baker Mayfield was was wide receiver 27, and he had no finishes better than a top 36 wide receiver in the other five games with Baker as the lead quarterback. Uh, and, you know, with Baker getting the nod to come for this week, that is a lot of concern because just looking at this matchup on paper with P.J. Walker, he might have slid in as a wide receiver 3-4 for me or a flex-type consideration. But with, with Baker in there, I don't want anything to do with D.J. Moore. I've seen enough of a sample size this season. I know it's just six games, but when my ceiling is kind of wide receiver 27, it, it really is concerning. Also, Baltimore, if you look, it's, wide, it's their 27th versus the wide receivers for fantasy this season. But over the last month, they've been 15th. And over the last two, they've been 10th. So it has been trending. Uh, as a better defense, you know, than 27, the raw number on the season would suggest. It is just something I want to note for Baltimore. Uh, DJ Moore has been having these finishes despite having a 27%, 27% team target share. So it's really tough for me to see how this gets better for him, uh, at least for this season. Hopefully in the future, you know, there can be something different. So it's just really hard to trust DJ Moore. Um, if a team with these bye weeks is needy and they see Baltimore as a good matchup, I would say that this is, this is probably the last chance you might be able to trade DJ Moore for something. You know, if you have DJ Moore and um, maybe Deonta Foreman and you kind of DJ Moore is a little bit of excess and you do want to go get David Montgomery, I think that's a trade that probably gets done in most leagues. You know, maybe a step down, you know, DJ Moore and Jeff Wilson type or he most I don't know, but it's worth a conversation to have to go and try to maybe get somebody like Dave Montgomery or Amari Cooper, especially if Amari Cooper has another bad week. Um, but, you know, looking past this as well, if you're benching DJ Moore this week, you're benching him next week, he plays Denver. That's the 
the best defense in the NFL by a lot, especially for against fantasy wide receivers. They've been allowing the least amount of points. And then after that is the bye week. Uh, if it wasn't for a Seattle, Pittsburgh, and Detroit schedule following Carolina's bye, uh, I'd probably be cutting DJ Moore. So that's where I stand on him. Uh, he's certainly not in my lineups this week, if there's anything I can do about it. PJ Walker's a lot more prone to following coach directions about getting funneled passes to DJ Moore as well. So we're looking at the performances under PJ Walker. It's more likely that DJ Moore gets the ball where Baker's probably going to be one that wants to go out and ad lib a little bit more, try to beat the playmaker when it's just like, you just need to execute the, the play call and get, you know, get the ball in the playmaker's hands. That's something I'm very, very concerned about as well as, um, Baltimore's statistics are kind of skewed after that Miami game. Yeah, it was only one game, but basically it it, it doubled like you know, they're st- statistically it doubled like it was two games. So it's always going to hurt a, a defense's rank, especially against receivers when you go let Waddle and Tyreek Hill go off like they did. I'm with you. I Dean Moore's very scary. I don't like um Baker around him whatsoever. I want a quarterback that at least recognizes the, the receivers you wants to target and make sure that he finds a way to do so. And I don't think Baker has kind of that, the ability to kind of let go of the ego and just allow the coaching to tell him exactly what he needs to do and how to execute. So I, I would definitely be um, trying to move him in redraft because of the, of the reasons that you, you mentioned. I don't know if I would include Jeff Wilson just because of the fact Jeff Wilson has that Miami backfield right now, but um, another tier type player like that included with DJ Moore for a David Montgomery is probably a really good move for the rest of the season. Okay, Tim, give us a prayer. Let's have some fun with this one. Yeah, I did have, I actually really had a lot of fun looking through um, different opportunities this week for my prayer. And I went with Melvin Gordon. Reason being is I'm trying to really give actionable advice that for players that you probably have the ability to acquire, even if you don't have them on your team right now, they're not going to break the bank to try to go get them, but they will help your lineup. And I'm going with Melvin Gordon this week because the last two weeks, he's actually been a top 24 running back very quietly. But I think the way that that's kind of been quiet is because he's been more and more included in the passing game, which is something I really like because he's shown that he can do it in in the past. It's just the volume in which he gets it. And he's been getting very decent volume in the passing game. He's gotten four, four and six targets the last three weeks. And like I said, the last two weeks, he's been RB 19, RB 22, um, basically getting 10 points last week just in the receiving game and about four and a half the week prior. I believe that this is a week in which Denver will be able to move the football against Las Vegas. Um, Las Vegas also is not very good against the run. They're even worse against giving up rushing touchdowns. So however bad they are, they're even worse at the goal line. And I think that Denver will actually be able to get inside the red zone this week. And I think that uh, Melvin Gordon gets at least a touchdown and I could, uh, probably expect 80 plus yards this week. That's at a minimum. So I'm thinking he's going to be at least top 20, top 16 at running back this week. Yeah. I, I mean, again, with some of these bye weeks like Miami being off, this is one of those where you're really struggling for, you're really struggling to find that RB2 in some lineups. And, you know, Melvin Gordon is a guy, he's on 71% of sleeper and Yahoo leagues. Like he potentially could be a guy who's out there, but he's very easily acquirable if you don't have them as kind of a spot start. Uh, you know, any dynasty folks listen, I mean, you could you can go get this guy for a third. And if that's something you're interested in, you really do need that spot start. Uh, he's going up against it is the Vegas Raiders. And you know, this team has been 
allowing everything. This team is an absolute mess. There's a reason why you would expect this to be potentially his best game rest of season. Um, you know, and the targets, as you mentioned, is it is very encouraging. You know, if he's going to be getting at least four targets, I do like that floor. Again, that floor is kind of like RB3 numbers. You could be looking at eight or nine points. But, you know, anything else in the upside for a touchdown in what should be a game where they score more points than their norm, um, you know, is is rather enticing. Jerry Judy's still up in the air for this game as well. I know he came down with an injury last week. That could involve, that could cause this team to kind of lean on the run game a little bit more, which could get, you know, Melvin Gordon a little more incorporated, being that when they do, you know, have their backs out there, out of the passing game, he will be the guy, hopefully, who is getting those snaps where he will see those touches. So I, I'm cool with rolling Melvin Gordon out this week as an RB2. Yeah, you, you didn't go too crazy with a middling RB2. Uh, you know, if you have two studs, you're probably not playing him, but he's a guy who might be sitting at the end of your bench or potentially on a wire, and you're you're really struggling. You're considering options. You're looking at him, or you're, you're talking Jalen Warren. You're, you're really struggling. You're looking at these types of names. You know, Daryl Henderson, you're like, where do I go with this? You know, I'm going to be going with... Melvin Gordon. I actually did that for a third this week. I traded James Mitchell in a third in my home dynasty league for Melvin Gordon struggling at running back with injuries and buys. So he is my RB two this week and we'll see how he produces. Yeah. So prayer player I'm going to go with is Kadarius Tony. This is a guy who's really high on coming into the season. Had to have patience. It seems like we might finally be there. We had McCole Hardman, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Marcus Valdez going all out of practice for the first two days this week on the schedule. Uh, MVS is somebody you might have to monitor as the week goes. It seems like it's just an illness, but he's not really a guy who's going to steal a lot of targets either way. McCole Hardman's the one to monitor more so. But with him being out two straight days after not playing last week, I don't know if I would game plan for him or if they're going to be operating with him as a key part of the game plan. Maybe somebody who's sprinkled in or featured if he's playing well. But I, I would I would be interested if they're going to build the game plan around McCole Hardman, given he's up in the air. Juju Smith-Schuster is a guy they haven't been clear on whether or not he's going to go. But just looking at that hit and the reaction people had to it, it, it felt a little reminiscent of that Tua play when his hand kind of came up. I'd be very surprised to see Juju Smith-Schuster out there. Kid uh, Sony, he had 14% team target share last week, which... When you look at the final numbers, you might be surprised it was only 14%, but it was very apparent his bump in usage once Juju went down in the second quarter. Uh, you know, this team invested in Kadarius Tony to bring him in. They made sure he got a couple touches on his first game. He really popped off in his second game. Now, with an entire week for them, the game plan is what on paper appears to me as their lead weapon. Uh, I'm really excited to get Kadarius Tony in lineups. I'm really hard-pressed to how he doesn't make it into your lineup. If you're two wide receivers and a flex for this week, it's just, it's just an upside type play. You know, when you're worried about guys, who do I go? I think Kadarius Tony is a name that could uh, pay dividends. I value Patrick Mahomes targets very highly. And he's said to get at least five of them, you know, touchdown upside is obviously there. And this could be an absolute barn burner against the chargers, you know, a team that is, not four to high scoring lines. So you either held Kadarius Tony through this wild season or you spent up to get him either the after the trade news or after his big game last week. This is the week you got to start him. I don't know why you have him on your team if you're not starting him this week. If you're not playing him, um, you know, in redraft formats, I'm either cutting him or trading him. So I think he should be in lineups. A lot of bye weeks. It's hard to find a reason not to play him. I love that he's on the Chiefs because the Chiefs do such a good job at recognizing what you're good at and trying to scheme ways for you to find success. 
Um, I agree. I think that the Chiefs are actually really good as well at treating injuries. They are not like the Dolphins who will throw you out there even if you're not 100%. So I think that it is likely that Juju does sit again this week, or will sit this week, I should say. And Kelsey doesn't always perform the best against the Chargers when they have specific defenses against him. So this could be a game in which the touchdowns end up going to different playmakers in the offense. And I think that Tony's a legit option this week when it comes to hitting that even top 24, excuse me, mm-hmm. <clears throat> top 24 mark. So I love this play this week. And I'm not really ex- sure what we're going to be expecting out of the running game. So that could be something he's even involved in end arounds as well. Yeah. I'll also note he was only out there for 40. What was he? Who gets this correct? 44% of snaps last week. Like Kadarius Tony put up what he had. He had the five targets, you know, f- over 14 yards per catch. That was as a part-time player. You know, now McCall Hardman usually averaged somewhere between 50, 60 percent. If you give Kadarius Tony a 20 percent bump in snaps, which is nothing crazy, I don't think that's ridiculous to expect from him this week. I'm really excited because he's one of those guys who's so dynamic. And Patrick Mahomes has so many plays in this game where he it goes it goes to hell and he just starts scrambling and it's going to make something happen. And Kadarius Tony's the guy in the field that I want when Patrick Mahomes is just improvising. That's the guy I want out there. So where it's not just about the targets, the more he's out there, I think the more upside he has. And this is a week where I think he's going to be out there, you know, as much as I can hope for. Yeah, the improvisation mind meld, if they can get on that same page like he was with Hill, obviously he's not Tyreek Hill. Yeah, Hill's the best that, in the league at it. So, I, I think I think people underrate the body of work of Tyreek Hill for his career. I think they need to start thinking about him as a top 10 all-time wide receiver, um, kind of in comparison to like, like an AB in terms of body of work. But when it comes to playing with Patrick Mahomes, you want a guy that'll compete after the play breaks down, and I think that's Tony. And then Tony can also shake his man pretty much whenever he wants. He just needs to stay healthy. Yeah, absolutely. And I will agree with you on Tyreek Hill. I've always had him every year. He's a top five wide receiver skill-wise in actual NFL, and he's routinely left off lists. Blows my mind. He's not just fast. He's really freaking good at football. Yeah. So moving on with that, you know, that about wraps things up. We got through our players. Anyone who's still here, really appreciate it. Uh, If you could please, like, subscribe. I'm going to try to give more call to actions. Remind you to subscribe throughout the videos. I've forgotten this, but 90% of the people who watch us aren't subscribed. I understand if 90% of you hate what you're listening to, but hopefully if you are this late into the video, you did take something away from it. Uh, it would mean, mean the world to us in our route too. We're trying to hit 1,000 subscribers by next season, so you would really, really, really help us uh, if you did so. You know, that being said, you can find all our stuff on Twitter at JWB underscore FF. I'm at the FF ball. Tim is at nubs, two N's, two B's, our good stuff in the Discord. Conversations going all the time. Last minute starts. It's extremely helpful. And with that, we will catch you guys next time. Peace.